0: The Raw Rugby Podcast Hello and welcome to The Raw Rugby Podcast, powered by ASICS, I'm Brett McKay. Owen Farrell might be in some judiciary trouble all over again, and Billy Vunapola's moment of madness has only complicated Steve Borthwick's pre-Rugby World Cup headache. Your place for the biggest and best international rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. So great to have Rugby Australia CEO Phil War on the pod last week. And thanks to so many of you who've let us know how much you've enjoyed it. Got a reaction to a couple of stories on the raw.com.au as well. And it spent most of last week tracking dead level with Laurie Fisher. Uh, which is so far our most listened to episode ever. So uh, we're very, very pleased about that. Joining me this and every week, the co-host of the number 19 rugby rugby podcast in Singapore, Harry Jones. Hello, mate. How's it, how's it Brett? Uh,
1: no, I love this weekend because it was proper rugby. There are many yeah. of the teams that put on 23 players that will be the 23 players or close there to, yeah. to World Cup time. And at least all of them are going to be in the 33, uh, except for maybe the box. Uh, I loved it. It was good to see Australia's um, opponents up close and personal. Fiji was the one that stood out for me. I mean, I know we say what stood out. That's not the actual stood out, but this is a bonus stood out. Fiji looked like they have a proper set piece, Mm -hmm. a proper game plan, and they look like a tough out. Wales looks like they're still playing some kind of rugby that's uh, been superseded by something else. So I think you're looking at three really good candidates for quarterfinals out of the same pool.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Wales scrum looked really good, I thought. But unfortunately, they didn't have a lot to back it up.
1: Yeah, so they had some rookie props out there. They did get munched a little bit. But
0: in the end, I think Wales just doesn't have the
1: depth. And I think, um, you know, whether you look at blindside depth or scrum depth or line-out depth, there's just going to be a great need to have a a two packs. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's it. time, yeah. That's it. Um, They're one of three countries to have... Just named their squad just in the hour or so before we've started recording, which we'll get into that uh, a little little later as well. Uh, Powered by ASICS, the Raw has a wonderful partnership with ASICS in place. The official performance apparel and footwear supplier to the Wallabies and the superb Wallabies Rugby World Cup playing jersey is available to purchase in-store and online at asics.com.au now. And voting's closed in the Raw's quest to name the greatest ever Wallabies Rugby World Cup 15, Uh, more than 150 players that have played for Australia at a World Cup. That was narrowed down to a short list of five options across each position, one to 15, and the counting is now well and truly underway. The Raw's greatest ever, Wallabies Rugby World Cup 15, powered by ASICs, will be unveiled in the days leading up to this year's tournament. Uh, Heroes and zeros, mate, and I'm going to go back to Cardiff, because my hero for you is collar jerseys. Wales and South Africa lined up, anthems, collars looking resplendent. Oh, it was it was it <clears throat> at a silly time of morning for me. It just brought me joy. It was just wonderful. It's
1: also really handy in the rock when someone's got a collar because you can take <laughs> that, you can twist it, and you can choke something them can out. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Just something so, you can grab. So, am I, so am hit I you with my
1: Yep. Okay, I have, I have three zeros, and they're all the same guys. It's the, the coaches that have been parachuted in too late for the World Cup. Mm-hmm. We've got Steve Borthwick, who's on a journey. We're on a journey. We take a journey with me. We have Eddie Jones, who's like, we're on a journey, mate, with his Indiana Jones hat. Mm-hmm. And we've got Warren Gatlin, who's a don't-stop-believing journey song. Here's Warren Gatlin <laughs> talking about the game, trying to build false hope for the Welsh. Come on, Dragons. He said four or five of those tries We're easy enough to stop. That's Warren Gatlin's admonition to his team. Four or five of those teams. Mm. Tried. The bad news is there were eight tries, okay? Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. it's all about right. how you look at the positives.
0: Still, um, I've still lost three tries to none.
1: <laughs> right. And now Eddie, Eddie's on his journey, he has now invited Shag Hansen, because that's the Australian yes. way. The Australian way is we need to be more Australian. So I'm going to bring in the dark lord of the Borg into our camp. Isn't uh, and that then that something? Fu- yeah, but Bo- so Borthwick's been um, talking about how there's no problem in the camp. The Owen Farrell, uh, tucked shoulder, always illegal, no mitigation uh, posture is just an anomaly. It's a one-off. And then the very game where we're all thinking about whether we are brutalists, whether we're going down the wrong road and how we're going to get out of it. He has a player do exactly the same thing with maybe a t- a more tucked shoulder, maybe even a more... Yeah. A more, um,
0: a, 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 a more... a more, even, An even more illegal tackle, yeah. Uh,
1: if, yeah. If there were pockets in the shorts, his hand was in his pocket. I mean, that's how he was tackling. So I don't know. I think these three guys uh, are, are really having trouble against their compatriots who've been in the saddle for three or four years.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely right. And ideally, it'd be great to be able to talk to someone who could talk us through all this and who's been front
1: and centre, wouldn't it? I would love to talk to someone who would know how we got from the crackdown of 2017 on high tackles to the decision-making framework. Remember the framework mm. of 2019? Then there was the modified framework, and then there was the HCP, the head contact process, which has been revised again. I wonder if there's anyone who would know that history.
0: Well, it's funny you should ask, and it's almost like we've set it up as such because there is, and we'll speak to him next. The Raw Rugby Podcast to the pod's other Dallas-Texas studios this week, where we welcome someone who has served two terms as the chair of USA Rugby, has served on the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee, and more significantly, he's been a member of the World Rugby Executive Committee since 2011, and the chair of the World Rugby Regulations Committee since 2012. He's all set to be inducted into the US Rugby Hall of Fame next month. Please welcome to the Royal Rugby Podcast, Bob Latham. Bob, hello, welcome.
2: Thank you. Good
0: to be with you guys. It's my my co. As I, I mentioned um, before we started recording, Bob, my co-host first mentioned some time ago running into quote the number three guy at World Rugby. We should get him on. So how did my <laughs> how did my Texan South African co-host sell this idea to you?
2: Well. First of all, I don't think we have numbers in world rugby beyond 1 and 2. So, uh that's exactly you know, what a and number 3 is. automatically a 3. <laughs> it's all tied for 3. No, but Bob, Bob, uh, you're the
1: godfather, you're the godfather of American rugby, aren't you? Uh, no, no, no. But
2: you're confusing me with James Brown. Uh, <laughs> this is going well uh, already. No, I, Harry didn't have to do much uh fast talking to get me involved. I, I'm happy to speak rugby anytime anywhere.
0: Very good, very good. Well, we look forward to this. It's, uh, we're, we're blessed with the ability to have great rugby chats, and we do start pretty much the same place every week, and most weeks we do it. And it's to simply ask you what stood out for you across the weekend rugby-wise.
2: Well, I, I, it was certainly the, uh, the, the touch point on North, the North American radar screen, uh, and that is the uh, USA 7s qualifying for Paris. Regional qualifying, yeah, qualifying tournament. So uh, it always comes down to U.S. versus Canada. Usually, unless one is pre-qualified on the circuit, uh, the USA is in for Paris, and uh, Canada will go to the rep-a-shop.
0: Yeah, right. And that's and that's a that's an important step because um, obviously, on the fifteen side of things the US and Canada have missed out this time. And there's been a few questions about, you know, where North American rugby is, is heading. So this is, a, this is an important step, being able to qualify for the Olympics.
2: It's, it's really important for a lot of reasons. I mean, obviously, yeah, the non-qualification for this year's World Cup still, still stings. But, um, you know, Sevens rugby and, and, and the Olympics are very important. Mm. A lot of reports placed on them. We've got the 2028 Olympics. Uh, in the Americas in, in Los Angeles. Uh so having sevens teams here that are uh, among the best in the world is is important. And it's a you know there's always that debate of in, in, in some unions, not with the, the Tier One unions where fifteens you that's know, the, the, the the dominant code. Um uh there's always a debate is fifteens drive sevens, can sevens drive fifteens mm. and and um I mean, they drive each other. They, they, they uh, especially in terms of, of uh, bringing people to the to the sport. I mean, except it can be a certain, certainly a driver for, for, for fans. Uh, yeah. So, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a huge thing. Uh, good. A lot, good, that's good. A lot of pressure off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Harry, what uh, stood out for you on the weekend, apart from what you've seen already?
1: Probably the flip side of what I was talking about before, mm. which is this, the well-settled side. So Ireland looked very comfortable. They looked passionate, but also very organized. They do appear to have depth at every position, at least yeah. two or three de- deep. Um, they looked like they could handle the pressure. The French, to me, looked a little bit wobbly. The French looked like, um, and that was pretty much one of their top sides. I mean, they're trying to fill, fill the 10th spot, but that's, that's who they're going to go to war with is is uh dupont plus somebody they looked like they were a little bit rattled and you could see in nantes the pressure of the home expectations the crowd was was ramped up the drums were going they had little songs for each player um and they also very very rude on opposing kickers um and so that's sort of uh, a foretaste of what's going to happen south africa i think also looked very settled and ready to go there's a style there that seems to be like a lot of pundits are just not getting it that, that they're just talking about this the box from two thousand eighteen. This is not the same team. It's very counter attacking.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's a different it's a different box. It's still there's still a lot of South South African sure. fundamentals there. That's that yep. hasn't changed. But yes, this is a this is a different box outfit. And we saw that in what stood out for me on the on the weekend, and that was Sia Khaleesi hasn't played a game anywhere in what eight months, something like that. He, he belts out the anthem to the best of his ability as he always does, and then four minutes in, he gives an offload in the corner to die yeah. for, to put Malcolm Marks away. And I, was, and I looked at that and I just went, well, he's going to be fine.
1: If you're going to do that offload, it's like you you your body feels oh, fine, because you're going to yeah. get hurt doing that. You know, you're yeah. laid out and you're trying to do an offload from the deck. What do you guys think about the close-ups during anthems where you actually hear the players sing versus the, the paid performers and the crowd, because it's really excruciating sometimes.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm torn between loving that they get into it, and I think back to, to 20, 25 years ago, and they go along the Wallabies line, and they are belting it out, but there is not a lot of tone difference. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> what it does highlight, Bob, is that rugby players do not sing Well, <laughs>
2: Well, don't tell that to the Welsh.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. true. The one fair exception point. is the Welsh. They actually point. seem
1: yeah. to have been training at Stedford's from when they were five, and they can harmonize. It's kind of bizarre, actually, to see those you know, cauliflower-eared guys singing like little angels.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good yeah, point. It's a good point. They do 15-part harmony. That'd
0: be it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That'd be something, wouldn't it? That would be something. Bob, You, um, one, of, one of the reasons that we absolutely wanted to get you on was that you did play a fairly key role um, in the creation of the current foul, foul play guidelines as, as chair of the, the regulations committee. Do you, do you feel like the game is helping itself and, and is doing enough when we're still seeing tackles like Owen Farrell last week and Billy, Billy Vinopola on the weekend? Are Because we, these regulations have been in place for a long time now. And it still feels like guys are
2: just not getting the message about lowering tackle heights. Well, regulations have been in place, but but you know we, we try to make the regulations fit for purpose, um, mm. and, and and they evolve. Um, and you know, one of the things that uh, a little known rule is we we don't change them in the year before a World Cup, just so yeah. they can get used to playing. Um, you know, a certain way, and you're not you know, still adjusting at World Cup time. So you yeah. hope that by this time, uh, people would be familiar with them. And 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 look, I mean, you know, there's always some incidents in the tune-up games that serve as a bit of a harbinger for the tournament. And mm-hmm. just just like uh, teams are playing, you know, in order to uh, to get ready for a World Cup, I mean, the the system is is working to get ready for yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's almost like you had several, and then as lawyers, you know, Bob and I, we both know that bad facts make bad law. I mean, it's when you have a particularly awkward set of facts, it's really difficult. Freddie Stewart and Hugo Keenan a year ago, for example, uh, you have someone trying to pull out of a tackle, uh, of a collision, really, because mm. they're chasing a ball. And at the last second, it's uh, it's too late, and you have a clash. You have uh, Malia trying to charge down a kick by Grant Williams and does actually put a hand to the ball, but his hip smashes into Williams' face. You have these these um, these fine-tuned debates with Owen Farrell, never really in a position to affect a legal tackle. And it's true that there's a change, a little change maybe in the, the context, but it's, you know, these types of debates, maybe it's better to have them now than during the World Cup. Is that yeah, how you yeah.
2: see it? Yeah, absolutely. And And look, I think, You know, Harry, you just kind of put your finger on it when you were talking about the 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 types of incidents. You know, somebody's coming this way and somebody does this, blah blah blah. blah. You can't put that into a regulation like if somebody. So, you know, you 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 have to have, um, and and we're always tweaking the regulation and 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 having subparts for this and that. But you can't you can't anticipate every every single possibility. So there there's always going to be. Uh, some interpretation, and you try to get a consistent interpretation. And you try to tweak the the regulations so that I mean, it, it's kind of like we we know it when we see it. We know well that yeah. was really egregious. That was kind of egregious. That was accidental. That was this, but it's 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 very hard to put all that into into words. And I think that the thing that I'd like to get across is this isn't a bunch of lawyers sitting in a room taking up stuff <laughs> uh, that ruins it for the for the people on the pitch. We, um, I mean, we 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 examine this stuff constantly. And we Look yeah. at the data coming in, and we and we review video of, of of incidents, and and you know we're always figuring out how we can make it better. And um, after every well, after the last two Rugby World Cups, which is a good time to assess the cycle, um, we've had um, uh, roundtables, well not roundtables, but actually you know, sessions where yeah um, we would bring in. All stakeholders—referees, judicial officers, coaches, players—and um, say what's what's working, what's what's not mm. working, what what is your frustration in coaching, what um, what is your frustrations in playing, and we we, we take that information and we we, we try to uh, we try to tweak the regulations and we try to to uh, uh, train our judicial officers and citing commissioners. Accordingly. So it's it's a it's a constantly evolving process. It's not mm. it's not that like you know this isn't the bat cave where you don't let the media in. We we try to we try to, <laughs> all, we try to take all points of, of, of yeah. and uh, and make it better. And, and you, you're right. Your your hope is that you have some consistency of understanding, some consistency of application when you're going into a World Cup. The last thing you want is 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 an important game decided uh, on. Yeah, you know, red cards are yellow. Mm. Bob, it's. I imagine it's hard to moderate that type of meeting.
1: I'm imagining you know 50 people in a hotel conference room, but all the stakeholders come from very different directions. As a coach, okay. I am hired or fired. I, my whole family has to move countries, maybe based on my win loss. I know games are won or lost on the gain line. I know I cannot. I cannot allow offloads. So I've got to tackle high ish. And uh, I also know I'm a defensive coach. I'm hired or fired based on line speed. I need to have people running hair on fire into contact. And then you have, you know, like a, a lawyer might say, yeah, but we don't. We need to have less uh, head knocks and so forth. So, and then the the players are trained not to question the referees and not to speak up too much. So, do you have enough players in there speaking their mind and saying? guys, you're talking about something impractical. We can never do this. Mm. If my coach is telling me to go 100 miles per hour to contact and you're telling me I've got to look around and assess, how does that all work in that type of meeting?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. It's just it's, it's human dynamics and you, you, you put your finger on, on you know, the, the, the place where certain contingents of that, uh, of, of, of that group are, are, are coming from. You know, it, it's uh. And, and, and you asked how you moderated. I, I I was the guy who moderated it. It's uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it is interesting. I mean, first of all, you let people have their say. You know, this, this isn't the this isn't you know players get a pass on this one. You can talk about the referee and you can talk about Wayne Barnes sitting right here in the, in the room. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, it. What we I remember the first so we had a after the twenty uh, fifteen World Cup it would have been summer of twenty sixteen we had a. Two-day confab uh, in in London, and and the first half day was just letting people have their say. Exactly what you said, Eric, from the coaches' viewpoint. The judicial officers had their viewpoint. But like, look, you're, you know, we have to apply these words. If they don't work, let us know. Um, you had the the referees saying, look, we you know, we're uh, we're 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 trying to make it a, a a players' game, and and the players talking about their frustration with changing rules with a judicial system that, that they don't understand so everybody kind of you know had their say and and i don't want to say they punched themselves out because it wasn't it wasn't that sort of tone it was it was a, it was a positive tone you know the first day is just a lot of data collection and a lot of people venting um, then as rugby things do you go all have dinner together you go off a little you know hey what you said was interesting and then the next day you start getting that's that's how we've done it each time. It was a, a little more difficult after the uh, twenty nineteen World Cup because we were trying to do it
1: with COVID. And mm. Nothing went
2: well on, uh, on Zoom as a dozen person, especially for something like this. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's, there's... What's been the what's been the early feedback, uh, Bob, for the use of the <coughs> excuse me uh, the use of the yellow card review system that's that's in place for. Uh, through this summer nation series in in the UK, we've obviously used it in Super Rugby uh, Pacific for the last um, couple of seasons now, and and the, the 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 general feeling is overwhelmingly positive. It gets the game going. We can look at an incident, you know, as the game is is carrying on, and there has been a few upgrades. So now that that's being used at, at international level. What's the feeling been so far?
2: I think the feeling is positive. I mean, obviously we we trialed it for while and that's why you have the trials in various parts of the, of the world before it gets adopted university mm. so um the trials were you know, overwhelmingly positive and i mean you know one of the things that we try to do is speed up the game and not have yeah. you know all these discussions of of, mm. uh, of, of incidents or technicalities or, or whatever um so I, I think it's speeding up the game i think it's also um allowing time to make um, the right call rather than a, a, a rush call on the, uh, when you're looking at the margins. Um, uh, so I, I, and I think, I think it's been accepted. I mean, that's, that's mm. the ultimate test is that I think people have enough respect for the game that they uh, players, coaches, referees, everybody that, that um, if it makes sense, you know, or, or pick some sense, yeah. they are willing to accept it. Um, it's not accepted, then you know the game boosts credibility, and I, I think this is definitely
1: accepted by, yeah, but Bob, Bob, the uh, the frequent changes, and I kind of detailed a few of them in that litany, you know, from 2017, I guess, following on your confab in, in London to 2019 to 2020, 2021, 23. these are all times in which things were modified, you know, coming from an Anglo American. Australian jurisprudence style of common law where it's a seamless web and it keeps changing and that's okay. And no one goes, well, if it keeps changing, it must've been wrong. Um, (laughs) in the, in the French civil system or maybe, uh, Roman Dutch, you know, are you okay with this sort of tweak, 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 or do you want it to reach a star decisis? You know, this is it. This is our edict and allow, uh, coaches who are, who
2: are coaching, tackling, and the referees some time to breathe? Well, I think that time to breathe is in the is in the, the run up to World Cup in the year before a World Cup, but nothing, yeah. nothing changes. But no, you, I, I, I uh, and it's not just because I'm a product of the Anglo American common law Australian throw <laughs> common law system. Uh, you know, the game evolves; it has to evolve. Uh, yeah. uh, technology. Uh, understanding evolved. and uh, you, you know you can't just sit back and say we're doing things all this, this way. we've done things, or that's it. No more changes. This is the way it's going to be. Any sport that does that, dead. You know, you you you've got to you, you've got to evolve, and, you, and not just evolve with uh, the physicality of the players, uh, but evolve with you know uh, new new cultural yeah you know as, as as we are trying especially in this country the United States we're trying to attract people to the sports but the sport you know head injury and and those sorts of things are are critical to um, the popularity of, of the sport and you know I, again we're not in some black box I mean uh, hmm. every executive board meeting we have a, a medical report we're being we're being guided by the, the latest um, uh, medical uh, recommendations. We're being guided by the data. I mean, studies with what used, black effect smart mouth guard to gauge uh, yeah. the the degree of, of, of collisions. Um, you know, that's something we we, we never had. Before. And some of it, some of the, the, the data that we got is somewhat counterintuitive. to uh, it. So. Um, you can't just say, "Well, that's you know, that's the way it's always been." When you're you're, you're having new ways to to come up with new data, got mm. and we always have. I want I want to make that very clear that we've always been on the issue by the medicine, the science of mm. data
1: so the the, the the role of unintended consequences, the hidden hand of law is always with us right if we do we want to cut down on this kind of collision and we tweak this law and then we end up having two hundred rucks instead of one hundred, two hundred rucks is two hundred more is one hundred more collisions, so you have mm-hmm. unintended consequences you you, um, you say that uh, you know aerial contests, which we 're not really that part of much part of the game in the 60s, 70s 80s when they came into the game, because people realized once you leave your feet, you're a protected species. So you're almost rewarding the person who game the system. How do you play all that out? I mean, do you just sit down in a room and like kind of do the what ifs, you know, if we do this, then this, then this, how does that actually work in a regulatory
2: framework? Uh, it's a very good question. I mean, two ways. Uh, one is you try to anticipate unintended consequences and, yeah. uh, and, and make sure that the consequences are intended, but you can't, you can't get them all which to your earlier question uh, is why you have to continually review uh, the stuff. And, if, and, and, you know, there, there are one-off things that, um, that, you know, you don't necessarily need to like to play for if it's so one-off. But if, if you start seeing a trend, then, yeah, you've, uh, you've got to tweak it. But it's, it, it's not like we just say, okay, let's see what happens with this. I mean, there are thorough discussions with, you know, high-performance people, medical people, um, you know, there's the, the, the rugby committee that deals with, with technical mm-hmm. rugby. And We And we get input. And the, you know, it goes out, before we change the regulation, it goes out to all 130 unions for, for comment. Um, and, and, you know, you get some comments that, oh, this could have a consequence here, and then you got to weigh that against, uh, against the, the greater good of the game. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an, ever, uh, an ever-changing landscape just taking you know, taking a new data point. But um, you
1: know, I think
0: that's what you have to do. Yeah,
1: well, yeah. Bob is it, is it? Is it working? Looking at the at the information that you get the behind the scenes stuff? and You said some of it's counterintuitive. Do you think so far this, this push this initiative that's gone from 2015 to today? Is it working? Are there is a lower ratio of of, drift, of, a, of mm. terrible collisions Did-
0: and terrible impacts? Does, does the data support it, I suppose, is the question there, isn't it? Hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, there's um, you know, one of the things that's happened since 2015 is just is just the tracking of of this information. I mean, before we were kind of doing it in, in a bit of a vacuum. So you say, well, okay, there's, there's a, a number of, you know, now diagnosed because we're looking for. Uh, and that's because the, the, the cult, you know, the culture, you know, see something, say something. I mean, yeah. it's not just suck it up and, so uh yeah i absolutely think so it's, uh, it's working uh i think you know what will we'll, it's going to change more i'm, I'm sure mm. of the data. you know we've got the uh the, the recommendations now in the, in the community game and, you know that data in some places is going to be difficult to, to practice. You, know, you can't outfit yep. every single player in the world with a smart cloud card. Um, but um, you know there, there's uh, um, we'll you know we'll take the, the results of that and do where we go. With.
0: Yeah, you mentioned judiciary um, members and, and panels and uh, involving them in the process as well. Bob, one one thing I've, I've always wondered about is that uh, a guilty plea to a foul play review, Panel citing whatever you like, even add judiciary, A guilty plea can give you a fifty percent reduction in the in the in the uh, in, in the sentence, effectively. And I just wonder is is that really giving us the outcome we wanted? And I use the example of um, of, of foul play and, and dangerous tackles, for example. Who, you know, they dangerous tackles by mandate start at mid level, so it's an entry point of six weeks. If the first thing the player does is admit he's guilty, he's cut it in half already. And then we're working down from there. So, what started as a six week suspension and would have been a genuine deterrent to maybe change behaviors becomes three weeks at most, two weeks if you can get into tackle school. Are we, is the game letting itself down in, in, in some of these regulations and some of these judicial allowances uh, with things like guilty?
2: Yeah. Well, um a number of comments uh that that issue has been uh debated uh for as long as I've been uh mm-hmm. the regulations committee and and just so you know where I'm coming from before I uh was on the world rugby regulations committee I represented a lot of uh US athletes in their uh in those in those um decisions in, the, in those proceedings
0: oh, so, yeah, so, yeah, so you've been you've been in both chairs always, then oh
2: my god you know uh, if we can test this, we're even further screwed. I mean, that's yeah. you know. So yeah. I, I I get that perspective, but um, uh, you know, it's it's designed to well, and actually, we we have changed the language uh probably a year a year or so ago, um, that it's not quite uh, as 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 Doctor Eric what you're saying that that, that mm. um it's it's mainly you 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 get credit uh for you know being a um a responsible citizen let's say and how you deal with it rather, rather than a demerit for you know yeah taking up our time. I mean what it's designed what was really designed for it is you know we don't want a complete breakdown of the system. I mean keep in mind that this isn't just for international play. This is for you know yes,
0: yes, yes. So
2: I mean they don't have the resources to do this. So you don't want um frivolous uh, taking up of time of, of, of volunteers. even though it's a, uh, well, I'll get back to Harry's uh, Anglo-American Australian uh, <laughs> civil system. I mean, we can have that in, in the, you know, this country. In,
0: yeah. You know,
2: criminal procedure where, yeah, you, you, you know, you, you leave bargain. And uh, so I, I don't think it's inconsistent, but that, that is a, and, and, and having represented players, players are, a second, I don't have a you know, I don't have a right to contest. If I do, I'm going to yeah. be in, in a further hole. And we have we have changed that language slightly. Yeah. Yeah, you do get you do get credit for demeanour. Yeah, and, and it, I, should, it- I
0: should follow up there. I like, I, I I'm, I'm all for guilty pleas. I, I think I think where a player knows they've done the wrong thing, if we can cut time at judicial panels, if we can stop things actually going to judicial panels with early pleas, then absolutely let's do that but i just wonder whether 50% is yeah. too generous that's that's been my my feeling for a long time that if we're trying to send a message about foul play particularly and i'll just use that as an example is you know the, the, the discounts apply to charges against anything but if it's 50% is the discount it just sort of feels like it undermines the the what should be a genuine deterrent well bob isn't isn't also isn't it also
1: we're actually trying to figure out what kind of law it is. Like, if it's, cri- if it's truly yeah. criminal or quasi-criminal, then, you know, the whole incredible haste, you know, let's get this done in two days and let's reward confessions, it doesn't feel right. On the other hand, uh, Erasmus or uh, Johnny Sexton cases, the yeah. disrepute cases, which are clearly not criminal, right? You could always, you're not going to go to jail for criticizing your boss, but you would get fired. Um, those ones take uh, months. So it's sort of like, it's difficult to legislate this thing because it's not like a normal Mm. assault on the street. I mean, much of what we do in rugby would be assault everywhere. So uh, (laughs) it's, it's very particular and it's very rule driven with limited rights of appeal. I mean, you're really kind of done at that first one. It's hard to overturn uh, a decision, right? And you have to actually show that the judicial panel disregarded everything. Um, And then, I would suppose I'm putting words in your mouth here is you want consistency on some level. You, want, you don't want the, the rugby public to not know what they're seeing. When we see it, we should go, mm, that's probably going to be a red card. Yeah.
2: Well, you're, 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 I'll take issue with some of what you said, but uh, I agree with the last part. I mean, that's, you have to have that credibility that you're talking about to yeah. get that yeah, that's red card. And I think that the rugby public knows it when we see it, it's, yeah. it's a question of how do you describe it. Um, right. Yes. Yeah. It's a good um, point. You know, you know what incidental head contact looks like, and you know what somebody coming in and clotheslining somebody looks like, um, yeah. but, but Harry, it's not, criminal. I mean, <laughs> this, we're, not, we're not, it's not even quasi criminal people I mean, playing a, uh, we're playing a sport. People know the rules of the game. Uh, you try to stay within those rules. Those rules allow for all kinds of contact that wouldn't be allowed on the street. Um, and so you're, you're, you're within that, you know, you're, you're within that context. Um And, uh you know, the speed, I mean, uh of these decisions, that's because you're, you know, I mean, there's, there's another match coming up. Uh, you yeah. may, you may need witnesses who are right there. This, you know, this started in the, in the days before zoom, where there was, you know, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I remember when I was representing players. You know, one of the first things you do is go over to the you know, opposing locker room and see if you get a statement from the affected player that no, 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 man, that, was, that was just run a play, no, no, no big deal. Um, That's you awkward.
1: Know. You're you're trolling the trolling the opposing uh, locker <laughs> room. <laughs> which about which about
2: ninety percent of rugby players would would say just because these the, those yes. yeah, but things got a little heated and uh, you, know, <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm sorry. Show me your my, bruises I'm right now. Sorry that my face got in the way of a so player's piss. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i not to need facetious at the end because it's it's you know it, it's not supposed to be a uh you know you're, you're, you're this is steaming down the tracks mm. um you know at the highest level of the game people are are very and, and uh unions and, and clubs are very sophisticated about these things they, they, yeah you know they know the rules i mean I, I, you know the top 12 14 teams at the world cup will be traveling with a lawyer that's, that's, yeah. where, that's, that's, that's where we are. So it, it's, um, I think the procedure is well known. I do think it works. Uh, one thing that I'll emphasize is, is it, it's an independent procedure. I mean, yes. These people are not, you know, they're not part of world rugby. They can't be part of any you know, union. They, they have to be, you know, I mean, they're connected to the game, but, but, you know, they're, they're, they're independent of, of world rugby and, and they go through all kinds of training. They are supposed to, you know, they, they, they keep up with decisions magnificently, just like you would, Harry, in your legal career about what, what cases are being decided here and what cases are being, being decided there. Um, so that's how you, you get consistency. And are there one-offs where it looks out of out of sync? Sure. But I think for the most part, um, the judicial officers, at least at, you know, at the international game level. And and we, we, we try to train people at the national and local level. Well, mm. are are you know, are trying to do the right thing. Yeah, no, I and I agree with you by the way that it's not criminal. Obviously by,
1: by nature it's not, but people use words that sound like criminal law, like guilty, yeah. not guilty, and it sort of bleeds into it. And I think defense lawyers do it on purpose to say you have a higher standard. It's actually the standard's more like negligence, right? It's more like more likely than not there was head contact or recklessness, was it avoidable? Um I think you have things like the Guy Porter case and you have the Geordie Barrett case. Jordy Barrett, remember, kicked his legs up in the air and hit someone. Then the debate became could Geordie Barrett have foreseen yeah. that, that his foot would have hit the, you know, should have seen, should have known, and should have known is negligence law. That's just yes. garden variety. The sudden and significant drop is now the big thing. Um, the sudden and significant, and I do note the and there instead of the or. Um, And that seems to be where the Owen Farrell case turns. Was there actually a sudden and significant change that made his actions different? Because what I saw, he was already cocked, shoulder, Owen Farrell style, patented, where he's not going to give up the gain line. I will not give up the gain line, damn it. And then he turns at the final instant, which makes Mm -hmm. him hurt less than you. And sometimes it comes off, and seven or eight times in his career, it has not. What do we do with like? What is sudden and significant? Is that something you can train around in regulations? Can you have your judicial panels, even though they're independent, say, guys, you're independent, but damn it, we want this to be seen as significant and this not?
2: Well, there's a, a few questions in there. I'll start with the last one, uh, which is yeah, yeah, judicial panels. I mean, the judicial officers are part trained, and they look at you know, I mean. There are sessions where you, you 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 go through this video and say you know here's something significant, so you, you, you try to get a um, a common understanding. But you know in the in the the speed and uh, of the game, uh, you know sometimes these things are are, are on the margins. And yeah. Interpretation. I mean, you just don't you don't want that interpretation to to, to be too far apart. And obviously, I can't comment on the specific on the Owen Farrell case, but. I will say this: um, uh, there, There's a little-known uh, regulation that, that gives um, World Rugby the right to appeal. Uh, yes, um, and that's and that's tied to the fact that that the tests
0: effectively are all sanctioned by World Rugby. That's correct. Basically, where it comes from.
2: Yeah, correct. And you know, we we really don't. We being World Rugby, really don't want to step on the toes of an independent judiciary. Yeah, but. In, in cases where, um, you know, the, the reputation of the game is is uh, is, is potentially affected, um, we have a right to appeal a, a judicial decision. Now it it goes it goes to an independent appellate committee. So, yeah. but all we do is say, look, this is uh, this 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 is a uh, something that needs a uh, another look. Um, I think that regulation has existed for six or seven years. This, this is the Owen Farrell case. Is only the fourth time that we've
1: yeah yeah.
2: Um, so, and how and how
1: does that how, how do you decide that? Is that something like you said more about the overall good of the game, or are you looking at specific you know egregious error by the panel?
2: No, it's it's, um, it's 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 for the it's for the good of the game.
1: Be on the it, it seems to me that the, when you like tie it all together, the, the, the moves from 2017 in stages to now, there's a rise of the passive tackle in that sometimes your option, your best option as defender, is to embrace the idea of seeding the gain line and passive tackling. You don't always get to go in um, and say, no, nope, I'm a rock, you, can, you cannot go by me. Mm-hmm. And and I also think the other thing that seems to have changed, and you can maybe tell me I'm wrong here, is we're not focused so much solely on the injury itself or the impact. And that seemed to be something that was sort of on the rise. Referees were like, well, sorry, the guy's knocked out. And that doesn't make any sense in law, right? You shoot into a crowd and miss everyone by happenstance. You still try to murder someone. And then if you know someone's got an eggshell head and you tap them and they break, that cannot be the way we legislate rugby. So those two things of focusing more on the action and telling the defender that sometimes you're going to have to accept that you get bowled over. Hmm. Is that where we're going? Is that how we're trying to sort of make our game still a contact sport, but much safer?
2: Well, yeah, it's an interesting point about the, um, you know, the effect on uh, on, a, on another player or the effect on the, on the run of the game. I mean, that still is something that, you know, that can be looked at in, assessing the, uh, the penalty, but not necessarily the, you know. Right, the, true, true. The act. Yeah. Um, but in, in terms of uh, what you're describing as the act, um, I, I mean, I leave it to coaches. to coach has, you know, around the, the regulation. So if that's, you know, if that's the way they, they think that they can, you know, avoid, uh, um consequential red or yellow cards yeah you know, but maybe that's where that's where it hits our you know our goal is to try to um keep head contact to a minimum yeah found you know, that how people play around that is something that evolves yeah yeah
0: uh, bob we we've there's so many things that we 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 that we thought we would throw at you and and I mentioned before we got going that the beauty of these conversations is they just go where they go. So there's a whole heap of stuff that we're just not yeah. going to get to. So I'll, <laughs> I'll 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 wrap up with this. World rugby on shore would be wanting to avoid a situation like we saw at the 2019 World Cup, where after two or three games and there was a spate of yellow cards, there was cards for everything it felt, and then all of a sudden mid mid pool stage, there was a bit of a, de- a bit of a decree that. Oh, referees might have just gone a little bit tough here. Obviously, this time around in France, uh, World Rugby doesn't want to see a spate of cards. You, you, you want to see players doing the right thing and all that. Is there a concern that red cards for dangerous tackles, and particularly this close to a World Cup, is there a is there a concern within the corridors of power that, that the tournament might be a bit of a card fest again?
2: Well, um, I, I don't have that specific concern, and I don't think the yeah. executive board does. I mean, uh, uh, obviously, you know, you don't want games of this consequence decided, in, in manner, but you also have to no. protect the game. And you know, I, I think every cycle, every World Cup cycle, we get a little smarter. Teams, coaches get a little smarter. Um, you know, I I, I think uh, just like uh, there, there there there's a rhythm to a World Cup, and you know, everybody that comes in, everybody wants to do their job, and um, you know, I, I I'm seeing any data on on somebody's forensic study of what caused that faith in, in 2019, but mm. uh, you know, we're we're four years more. Uh, or four years further down the line. Uh, I think we have you know, good training for our, um, our, our uh, officials on field and off. Um, and uh, I, I personally hope you don't see that, not because yeah. uh, the, the officials aren't doing their job, but just because there's a greater understanding among yeah. players as, as to what's going to get you yeah. trouble. Well, you know, players can be the most disciplined player and you get in that environment. Um, and especially yeah, and there's the players, just one moment, yeah. You know, you're, you're out of the you know the top 12, 14 unions, you, you know, and and you, and you haven't played True. necessarily at that level or that amount of games that quickly. I mean, you're you're you know, you you, you might be a, an extraordinarily disciplined player, but you're in a new environment, and so hmm. you know, um, there's probably all sorts of factors that go into that. But we we you know, we try to make sure that everybody knows the, the rules of the road and. And let's hope it's, uh, things are decided on the field. That's
1: yeah. a really good point, Bob. You know, I was watching France-Fiji, and they, they mentioned the stat that the French players had played twice as many tests in the same period of time as the Fijians. And then people sometimes knock Pacific nations for their discipline records. But there's something about playing a lot of matches and yes. understanding what it looks like for to sure. be at test-level speed where everything is, you know, 50% as <laughs> you, have, you have less time. Mm-hmm. Um, are you going to go to the World Cup, Bob? And will they show a picture of you in the stands when there's a particularly tough decision? And then they just <laughs> flash, they flash to you, and you're going Like no, this no. guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be the guy with the uh, with the glasses, funny nose, and mustache. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't have any. Uh, I'm going to uh, enjoy the matches. Uh, that's yeah. You know, it's up to the, uh, the, the 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 officials for the for the match and the uh, independent judiciary. So hopefully, I I you know have
1: you. You're going to uh you're going to the Welsh um the Welsh Australian match, right? I am, Gavin
2: yeah, Leone, Yeah. That's going to be great. There's a number of pool matches that are just that you can't miss, right? Yeah. yeah. Keep sure. keep an eye
0: out for my co-host Bob. He will he will be there front and center as uh so many Australians that I seem to seem to know. Uh, I I won't be there, but I I I hope it's a it's a great tournament. Look, it's been a fascinating Conversation, Bob. We've we've really really enjoyed it. We really appreciate your your time. Uh, we can we can definitely have you back on uh, in in the future and go into all these areas that we didn't get to for this particular uh, occasion. Um, I I guess best of luck, I suppose, for the World Cup. Let's hope that it is the tournament is is as smooth as it can be. That's
2: that's my hope as well. Thanks, Bob. Cheer you guys. Thanks very much. The-
0: Harry, fantastic chat with Bob Latham. Just absolutely love that. The, the idea um, of how much detail goes into a review and reworks of regulations and laws and all that, I think that's going to be a big takeaway for anyone listening this week. Yeah, World Rugby needs to take a note from what Bob just did. He got on, he faced
1: the music, he went through it. I think there's a good story to tell. Sometimes their evasiveness and their silence is their worst enemy. And I think in today's media culture, get on. Like, I think uh, Gus Gardner got on and, and and talked to us. Whether you agree yeah. with him or not, most people took away from that, wow, didn't know you worked that hard. Yeah. Bob is telling us how they actually convened for two days in London, a massive gaggle of stakeholders, and they worked through it. And mean, they're not shy to keep tweaking and what he was talking about and i i I agree with him is adapt evolve don't just stick yes
0: yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely it's it's um like he said at one point that you know if they change a regulation they send it out to 130 member unions yeah and you know can you imagine how long that process takes yeah. Like it's just, it, yeah, it's like it's, having it's,
1: 130 uh teenage uh children, right? They're all exactly. gonna like, immediately go, Oh, but does it mean this? Oh, exactly, this? yeah. And, and because
0: yeah. 40 of them will say, What about this? but then right. another 40 will say, Well, hang on, what about that? and all right. of a sudden you've got a posy yeah, it's 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 quite something. So, no, I really really enjoyed that really fascinating chat. I'm glad you uh bumped into him. In, Downtown Dallas, as you did <laughs> months ago. <laughs> um, some uh, some scores from the weekend, mate. The um, the oh, I mean the some the, the summer nation series is obviously what's going on in Europe, but there's been games everywhere um, across the board. So um, Samoa beat, uh, beat the beat the Barbarians. Um, Uruguay had a, a win over an Argentinian fifteen. Obviously, South Africa beat Wales pretty comfortably. Georgia had a had a good win over. The US Ireland thumped England, it needs to be said. Uh, Italy had a big win over Romania, um, and France looked pretty strong against Fiji, as you mentioned. This weekend coming, New Zealand plays South Africa at Twickenham on Friday? Yeah, on Friday. Friday in London, yeah. Friday. Friday in you, London, your, yeah.
1: Your, your Saturday, yeah.
0: My Saturday, that's right. Uh, Portugal playing Australia A in France, I think just south of, of Paris, that is. And then there's on the... On the Saturday, there's a heap of games England, Fiji, Scotland, Georgia, Italy, Japan, uh, Spain, Argentina, Ireland, Samoa, and Chile are playing a, uh, an Argentinian 15. And then France play the Wallabies Monday morning, Australian time. So there is some serious international rugby coming up.
1: Yeah. And from an Australian point of view, I tried to watch the Fiji uh, match very co- closely and, and forget the French. I just watched the, the Fiji approach, the Fijian approach to the breakdown. Mm. And uh, they were hard on the breakdown. Botia is one of the best players in the French leagues. He's considered a god there, Fijian player. And he was single-handedly doing like David Pocock stuff. I mean, just yeah, wading right. in like a Colossus, unmovable. And they were bringing, you know, Dylan Creton, Aldrit, and they couldn't budge the guy. Paul Baleamsa couldn't budge him. So yeah. I do think that the cleaning, which has been the bane of Wallaby yeah. Uh, fortunes uh, lately that's going to be front and center so a guy like tom hooper yeah, who i've been that- running a ruler on he's going to be really uh i mean he's gonna, his crocodile roles and so forth got to be legal and strong against botia because that man is a beast mm. but they play they play to the ball the fijians not afraid to push the line there and they almost a mixture of almost like how the all blacks used to play where mm. you're always getting over the ball and then you're rucking beyond the you're rucking beyond yeah this. yeah so that yep. was a style and it troubled the French within I think there were seven points uh, ahead only and some intercepts kind of blew the score out. But those intercepts could have gone the other way very easily. Yeah, sure, and so I'd say Fiji is is one to watch and not we just keep talking about Wales. Watch Fiji.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, the Fiji are in a good space and, and I think um I think we talked at the time, like half their squad are playing super rugby pacific together exactly so there's yeah, I mean, there's yeah. big like familiarity combinations are going to be really really strong so no they will be they'll be very very good no no doubt about that um away from the international scene um the the npc is going in new zealand the top 14 actually started in yeah. france on this weekend as well so uh, i'm not going to get into them now but we will keep an eye on uh, scores in all those competitions um going forward and and drop a few updates here and there. A little bit of news over the last seven days, mate. Obviously, the Owen Farrell situation, we, which we discussed uh, there with, uh, with with Bob Latham, his appeal, World Rugby appealing, his rescinded red card from last week. That'll be held later this week. Uh, Billy Vernapola's judicial hearing will happen Tuesday, England time, following his red card, and that looks like a garden variety six down to three. To me, he's yeah, no, it's, and, it's and also, he could even could end up end up with two weeks because there's no high tackle offences on his record, so he's eligible yeah. to tackle school. So mm-hmm. he could he might only miss maybe one pool game.
1: True, but they're their toughest pool match is the first one against Argentina. Yeah. And they only named one number eight. They only named so... one
0: number eight. Yes. And also
1: yeah. the style, the style, Winnipeg is a, a unique number eight. So it's not like you can yeah. fit someone else in. Whereas with Farrell, you've got Ford, you've got Marcus yeah. Smith who can fill in.
0: Yeah, who can fill in. Uh, George Moala from from Tonga was suspended for ten weeks last week for that tip tackle? Uh, weekend before, um, that's down to five weeks. But I'm sort of hearing a little bit of mail that there might be an appeal happening there as well. So we'll keep a bit of an eye on on that one. Um, away from foul play and things like that on the coaching front, the Wallabies were rocked uh, Thursday last week. Their assistant coach, Brad Davis, quit the morning that they flew out for France. And uh, he was previously with London Irish, became available obviously when... Uh, when the Irish situation changed, he has been linked to the Queensland Reds, rejoining Les Kiss there. So we'll keep an eye on that. That afternoon, it emerges that Jason Riles, uh, who's uh, ex Rugby League International, uh, Melbourne Storm coach in waiting in the NRL, he's joined the Wallabies uh, to sort of fill that hole that left by led by Brad Davis. He won't be the attack coach per se. He instead will be helping implement the systems that Eddie Jones and Scott Wiseman have developed anyway. And there's a awfully fine line between not being an attack coach and implementing existing structures. <laughs> but anyway, that's neither, neither here nor there. Uh, the 2024 Sib rugby draw was released late last week, and there's a little bit of intrigue around the Blues. They Every home match was just listed as TBC, and they've only ever played at Eden hmm. Park. So there's a little bit of... Uh, toing and froing going on there. They've already confirmed that they'll play uh, the Fijian Drua in round one up in Whangarei, uh, up in the up in Northland. So we'll see how that plays out. The Wallaroos, the Australian women's side, uh, issued a really brave, I've got to say, open letter to Rugby Australia, just pointing out. Some of the the double standards at play, and some of the things that they were promised around developments in the women's game that just has not happened yet, and it, it came out in response to uh, social media I- images and, and vision, basically of um, the the partners and the wives of, of Wallabies players being flown into Sydney, and they enjoyed a, a weekend on the on the Rugby Australia account, and um, and the Wallaroos just pointed out a few. Uh, a, a few home truths about it. And it will be interesting to see how Rugby Australia do um, react to that. And I don't just mean the statement they put out on Monday. I mean how they actually try and fix this in the months going forward. Because it, I, I, I say brave, they are all in breach of their contract doing what they did. But the fact that they all did it is a really, really strong move. Uh, you've seen this. You, you must have been intrigued yeah. as to what you were seeing.
1: I think it's important for Rugby Australia, as they um, try to shore up, rebuild, uh, and and conquer, whatever, to be precise with their words, to keep promises, to treat people right. To me, there's a a bunch of this sort of um, Hamish and Eddie kind of talking up things and being wild and crazy. But I think, actually, when you're really trying to rebuild something, you've got to be really good to the people who are doing good by you. The Wallaroos are a great success story. The pathway, look at the Matildas, you can see that women's sports are one of the ways that you can get up and move forward. And I think it's, uh, yeah, it's shameful. And I do think they should also take a page out of what Bob just did and other people who've been on our show. Just be real. You know, I think Phil Phil Wall was trying to be real a week ago. And I think maybe this is something, it'd be perfect for him to come out and say, look, thank you. Not You're not mm. in trouble. Thank you for re- raising yeah. this. Let's, let's do something about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. And like little things, that one of the things they said is that, you know, their head coach, Dre Tr- Jay Tringoing, is still a school teacher. He's not a full-time rugby coach. Mm. Eddie Jones is taking six assistants to France. So, yeah. you know, they're not saying pay us the same as the Wallabies. They're not saying that. But they're just saying things that we were promised – have not been delivered. and Exactly.
1: Promises made, promises kept.
0: It's a brave, brave stance, and I absolutely applaud them for doing that. Uh, On the Wallaby front, uh, it was confirmed Monday night that uh, Australian time, the World Cup winning former All Blacks coach, Sir Steve Hansen, has joined the Wallabies in an advisory role for a week or two ahead of the World Cup, uh, accepting a request from Eddie Jones to just come and observe in France. And, and all that. Um, rugby Australia confirmed to the City Morning Herald that he's not being paid, but it's intriguing, it's absolutely intriguing, isn't it? Don't stop believe.
1: It. <laughs> that's actually the best thing Eddie's done in a long time. I think yeah. that's probably the best. That's the best that's thing t- he's done since he came back. it's it's
0: fascinating. It's just it's absolutely fascinating, it really is. Uh I mentioned at the top um, three World Cup squads were named in the couple of hours before we uh, before we started recording. Tonga named a 32 man squad that doesn't include Israel Folau or Lapita Um They've both missed missed out due to injury. They need to add one more to make up 33. Adam Coleman is in there, um, and mm. yeah, Folau hasn't recovered from his injury, so so he's not in there. Wales named their squad. Uh, that only has two halfbacks in it, so that will be interesting as well. France named their squad, um, and obviously R- Roman Entemac is out, um, and the question is there as to you know how they're going to how they're going to do this. Well, they're going in with Hastoy and Jalibert, who are two pretty pretty fair replacements, aren't they?
1: Yeah, and so Wells, Wells only having two halfbacks. The Springboks can give them one. Grott Williams <laughs> is a good Welsh name. Williams.
0: <laughs> yeah, the, Don't worry. The, the box are taking seven or eight. Uh,
2: credit,
0: credit to the, the French social media um, tiles that I saw had the players um, grouped in position like it wasn't just yeah. a long list of names it was actually these are the five props and these are the three hookers and he's the four the three halfbacks and uh or seven halfbacks if it's like it was actually a really good wave there's you no know one that covers rugby it.
1: like the french i'm telling you like they're actually yeah. papers like keep it's there's eight nine seven yeah. ten pages of rugby and it's graphic as well superb. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: yeah uh lastly last thing i saw um just before we we hit record is that the Lions in South Africa have oh, confirmed yes. that Mornay Stain has been recruited as the Union's new kick consulting consultant for uh for 2023-24. So doesn't seem to know a little bit about kicking. Does kick a bit pretty well. So yeah, a a good thing, a good thing. Look, it's been a, it's been a great chat mate, but I think that is us done for episode 76 of the Raw Rugby podcast powered by Asics. Don't forget, Harry and I are both on the socials, socials. Uh, that now extends to Instagram and threads as well. Please keep leaving your ratings and reviews. Another heap of five-star uh, ratings that came in. And we got a couple of reviews, mate, which were really good after the Ben Darwin uh, uh, episode two weeks ago now. And great things, like a favourite episode so far with Ben Darwin, lots of great parts. But best was Harry proving my theory that he's out-of-the-box thinking is actually the outputs of an insight generating machine off the mark occasionally, <laughs> sometimes way off, but also geared to uncover the unexpected gem when no one else is likely to. So that's a, a great comment. That's a comment from someone that we've had had before as well. And and um, uh, Swiss Pain, he just said the Ben Darwin interview is a must listen for any rugby fan, indeed for league and football fans as well. He's fascinating, and the insights he offers. Regarding the concept of cohesion, are unlike any in world sports. So, thanks so much to to, to those that have left a pla- left a, a review on their platform. If yours allows it, please do uh, please do leave one. We will absolutely read them out and, and do like, follow, subscribe as well, and make sure you get every new episode as soon as it goes live. Uh, it's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay, and Harry Jones every week on RAW.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate, the home of all your favourite international rugby analysis, opinions and conversations. Keep an eye out now for the naming of the Raw's greatest ever, Wallabies Rugby World Cup 15. It'll be named in the lead-up to the tournament, and it's all thanks to ASICS, the official performance apparel and footwear partner of the Wallabies. Thanks for listening. we we'll are back in your ears in the early hours of Monday morning Australian time with an instant reaction to the Wallabies World Cup warm-up flash in France.
1: Come play with us.